<laughs> Hi, this is Mayor Kelly. You're listening to Bellingham Podcast. Well, AJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. How about you? I got a big old <laughs> smile on my face thanks to that wonderful intro yeah. by the mayor of Bellingham, Washington. Oh. oh, is that who that is? Mayor Kelly Linville. That's right. She was kind enough to help us with the intro for episode 100. Oh, oh, ching, ching. Ching, Cheers. ching. All right. Here's to 100 episodes and here's to 100 more. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. Absolutely. And it was a wonderful opportunity we had to uh, sit down with her and ask her a couple questions about life as mayor uh, in this town and uh, a little get to know a little bit more about herself. And remember, the Bellingham podcast is not a, a, a new show, but if we were... We do it a heck of a lot better. So of course, our interview is, well... Very Bellingham podcast fashion. That's right. We wouldn't have it any other way. So with that in mind, let's sit down with Mayor Kelly Linville and have a chat. Mayor Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to be on. Thanks for letting us be in your awesome boardroom. This is pretty cool. Well, this is one of our, well, this is our major boardroom, but I could have taken you back in the back, but... Oh, don't take us out back. No. <laughs> Maybe for episode 200, we okay, might be able to arrange okay. uh, another venue location. So I've noticed, because we're in we're in City Hall, Yes. and I've noticed everywhere that we go, there's uh, pictures both new and old. Are these a rotating exhibit from like the museum? The, the older pictures are permanent, but if you turn around and you look at the pictures that are over there, the new ones, every year when we do the, the photographs about Bellingham, and we, we give awards to people for the best pictures, and then we use them in our communications during the year, those change every year. So you usually see all of them downstairs in the lobby. But the older pictures are from our archives. We have thousands of old pictures, and Jeff Jewell at the museum mm. is the curator of those. And so these have been up as long as I can remember. But I love them. There's, there's like the lodge at Mount Baker. It actually had burned down. And mm -hmm. there's um, the two... Uh, two pictures that show what the street used to look like yeah. and what it looks like now. No, those really kind cool. of things. Those are those are things I like. I like history. It helps put things into perspective. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, for our listeners who may not be uh, here in Bellingham, you are the mayor of Bellingham. I am. How long have you been mayor? I'm just finishing up my seventh year. Woohoo! I know. Wasn't that exciting? What made the call for you to become a run for mayor? Well, it, it it's like when one door shuts, one door opens. And so uh, I had been in the state legislature for 17 years. Mm -hmm. I lost my last election in 2010. I had considered retiring from public life, but got recruited to run for mayor. And I was born and raised here, so being the mayor of my hometown sounded like a really awesome thing to do. And... I love the city, always have, so I just decided to go ahead and do it, even though I was running against an incumbent mayor. And I didn't run because I was a woman, or there'd never been a woman mayor, but I found that the fact that I won this election, the first election, has inspired uh, people, especially little girls, mm -hmm. about being what they call it, the 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 president of Bellingham, and, uh, <laughs> which is, sounds kind of funny, but I'd love to be an inspiration to young women to try to achieve things that maybe they, either they don't think they can do or other people have told them they can't do. That's great. So you were born and raised here. Mm -hmm. Whereabouts in Bellingham? 
Well, I was born at the old old uh, uh, St. Joe's Hospital up on up over State Street. They're condos now, mm-hmm. and uh, my parents built their first house on the GI Bill in 1950, over on Hawthorne Road, across from the middle school. Mm-hmm. They lived there till they passed away. In the, the both passed away in the last two or three years, and now my sister and brother-in-law live there. So I have a picture that I love. Um, that's me when I'm three years old, when my parents bought the property, and it's just all grass. There's nothing on Hawthorne Road. We were the second house there. Oh, wow. And nothing between Hawthorne Road all the way down to where the the ferry terminal is. Hmm. So, yeah, it was was kind of the beginning of that redevelopment of the south side. I think there's a... a Percentage of residents in Bellingham that are the lifelong mm-hmm. uh, residents, and a lot of us, you know, AJ and myself both, uh, would come here from other places. Uh, how do you feel about th- seeing this town grow over the decades uh, to the place where so many people aren't are not multi generational residents here? Well, I know why people come to Bellingham. I know why students graduate from Western and then don't want to have to go someplace else. Uh, I can't tell you how many students I've talked to that uh, they've taken a different kind of job, kind of a retail job or some kind of service sector job, just so they don't have to move out of town. So I'm, I welcome people. Obviously, I have children and grandchildren. I don't want them to have to move away. And I remember being in a disagreement with um, an individual who's now on our city council, but this was while I was a legislator, who was complaining about the growth. And this was somebody who had just moved to town and lived uh, lived kind of at the Y intersection um, of uh, Fairhaven Middle School, so uh, was complaining about the traffic. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like I said, my parents were the second house on the street. And I said, if, if my parents had felt the same way that you feel about people coming to the community, I said, you never would have been able to be here. And that's how I feel about it. I feel like we have to manage our growth. It has to be sustainable. We have to do the concurrency for the roads and the public safety and the schools that we're required to do. But we're going to grow. So we need to do it right. Mm-hmm. A lot of planning for that. Well, there is. And I think we're 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 kind of coming out of a a period where we decided maybe we didn't want to grow anymore, so we didn't do the things that support the growth we were getting anyway. And so we just want to do it right. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, it will change how we live in the city. There were 35,000 people when I was growing up here. Now there's almost 90. Mm-hmm. So I'm very aware that most of the people that are here <laughs> didn't, weren't born and sure. raised here. But we don't want, even though the, the, growth of the city means that the city will be different, it doesn't have to be worse or it doesn't have to be bad or it doesn't have to be so impacted that then people want to move away from here and go live someplace else. That's my goal. Change is constant, but sometimes the change is exciting Mm -hmm. in many ways. Uh, So one of the things we, I kind of want to take a little uh, change of direction. Uh, (laughs) One of the topics we talk about on our show is coffee. 
Okay. And uh, we uh, we recorded from numerous coffee establishments around town. Uh, AJ has made mention of his uh, affinity for brewing a cup at home as part of his morning ritual. Uh-huh. Uh, with your prior experience in the coffee business, I believe in the '90s, <laughs> uh, if if my research is correct, mm-hmm. um, is coffee still part of your wake up routine? And what yep. what do you do to get uh, that morning routine set up? Well, I am lucky because my husband is the coffee brewer, so I just. Go pour a cup, <laughs> which I I find very uh, stimulating mm-hmm. in the morning. We had a, a lot of fun with our coffee drive-through business, mm-hmm. Fast Lane Coffee, yep. and we actually just sold the last piece of property in the in the mid two thousands. So mm-hmm. we had it for twenty years, mm-hmm. and uh, and yet we weren't directly involved because it was down in the in the Oregon area with our other partners, but. Uh, I always feel like I'm part of the coffee revolution because we were the first drive-throughs in Eugene and mm-hmm. oh, wow. and down in that area. We ended up having five, uh, seven locations and a coffee roasting company hmm. um, before we retired. So whose beans do you use now? I mean, whose beans do we use yeah. now? Well, my husband goes to grocery shopping too. I'm not allowed to go to the grocery store. What? Well, because. Um, he would find himself sitting out in the car waiting for me, and I would be talking to constituents in the aisle. <laughs> okay, so, valid. you're a bit of a rock star. Well, I'm. I'm. Well, at least um, I am a. I'm the mayor, and so I get both the pros and cons of living in Bellingham, right. no, no matter where I go. So he decided that it was a lot more efficient if he went himself. I know he's tried different kinds of coffee because he's always looking for what he thinks is the yeah. best one. I think he uses. Um, he's a. Tony's. I yes. think he uses Starbucks. Mm-hmm. Eh. Anyway, um, or sometimes uh, when we're on vacation, we'll buy coffee and he'll use that just yeah. to experiment. So this leads into another uh, question I had. One of the things I love about Bellingham is there are many places where I can go to enjoy a quiet. It helps me internally process and fuels my introvert tank. Mm-hmm. And so as a prominent figure in Whatcom County, I can imagine it must be difficult to enjoy life in Bellingham in some cases, as you just mentioned. So I'm curious, where does Mayor Kelly go around the county so she can just be Kelly? Well, it's interesting because one of the things, partially from being in the legislature for 17 years and being gone during the week most of the time, I really like to be home. Hmm. So that's, that's one of my quiet places. But... I also have a hobby business, which is uh, mid-century design and and accessories and furniture. And I've had a space down at Penny Lane at the Old Town Antique mm-hmm. Mall for really? about 15 years. And I love it. So for me, kind of the quiet time is walking up and down the rows at the Goodwill or the Value Village or the Assistance League or Second Chance out in Linden or wherever I go, going to estate sales. And now I get, people are used to seeing me there. But when I first started, they'd look at me and they'd think, well, you look familiar, but they couldn't place who I was or where, or where I was from, which was kind of, I was more incognito. Mm-hmm. But I, I love to do that. And I have a whole separate kind of circle of friends and, and uh, activities that don't have a whole lot to being, for, to, to being the mayor of Bellingham. It's, it's my... It's my extended persona. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> um, your cl- it's your Clark Kent to your Superman. My, yeah, yes. that, absolutely. That's right. And people are kind of surprised to see me sometimes 
out and about like I am with hand armloads of what some people would call junk and which I call treasures. Yeah. So outside of Bellingham, like what is the, when you want to get away, and I know that you probably want to stay at home and you love your city, but we all like to venture out because it gives us a better perspective of, you know, home. Mm-hmm. Where's the coolest place that you've traveled in the Pacific Northwest? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big traveler and it's probably because I've been gone so much. Uh, we have a house out on Orcas Island. So four weeks a year, two in the spring and two in the fall, we go out there, and it's very peaceful. It's very quiet. We have old people routines that we do every <laughs> old day. Old people routines? Include going to coffee every morning oh, at our yes. favorite coffee shop. Yes. And um, so that's one place that we go. And then the other place is um, Maui. We go for two weeks, and we go with friends we graduated from high school with in 1966. Wow. So wow. these are friend, longtime friends we've had forever. And it's very comfortable and very relaxing, and it's a very unfancy place that we go. Uh, so mostly we read books and, and go to the beach and go out to dinner and, and don't do, you know, real exciting things like the zip lines and the... We, we go snorkeling, stuff like that. But my goal, my goal um, is to do what I just saw a baby on TV do this morning, which is be the first baby to go to all 50 states because there are so many things in our own country mm-hmm. that I have not seen. I haven't seen the, the uh, Yellowstone National Park. I mm. haven't seen Mount Rushmore. You know, I've seen our capital. Sure. I've seen Yellow, uh, Grand Canyon. But there's so many things in our country that I haven't seen that that's that's my goal and my husband and I love road trips. Ah. So we get we used to after every uh, legislative election get in the car even in the you know it'd be in November we'd put the top down, we'd put the heat on, we'd put the warm <laughs> jacket on and the scarf mm-hmm. and we'd drive down to you know we we're always going to get down to Napa ah. in California and we always made it to Arcata. Because we stopped at every antique store, every winery, it was it, we kind of got slowed down. Well, it's it's not as much of the destination as the journey to get there. That's right. Very cool. And we loved we loved it. And nothing like nothing exciting, nothing fancy, but just experiencing where other people live and what other people do. So it it was really fun, and I'm looking forward to that. Getting back to the home life or, or such, one of the recent episodes we have done involve a word called huga which is a Danish word, meaning uh, events or moments that give you a cozy, comfortable, content feeling. And where in this current autumn season would you find your Huga? I would find my Huga, well, first of all, at home, because that's where I'd be. I'd probably be curled up in my chair, and I'd either be watching Game of Thrones for the third or fourth time, or... Um, I'd be doing a crossword puzzle, or I'd be reading a book. So those are the that that's like the calming, quiet thing that I do at home. Is there a particular drink of or beverage? Um, I do drink white wine. Mm-hmm. I do drink martinis, mm-hmm. sometimes scotch. And then the other the other um, thing that uh, that I like are palomas. I mm-hmm. and so the. <laughs> If you go to the Black Sheep, they have a Paloma called Paloma Mayor. It means biggest or major Paloma, but they said <laughs> they named it after me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I need to follow up on that. Which house is going to prevail? 
Um, I think that Daenerys is going to win. Hmm. I'm really, I, I, I don't know why, because I'm not really a, a blood and gory person, but I just love the mythology of the whole thing and the, the scenery and the interactions between the characters. And um, I love Tyrion. And I, <laughs> anyway, I think the whole thing is just, it puts me out of myself and what I do every day. Um, and I've watched a lot of, I've, I've, at suggestions of others, I watch a lot of series, but I don't like any as be- as well as I like that one. I, I have such a tough time keeping all the characters, uh, oh, tracking yeah. all of them. I need the scorecard just to so Watch it three times. Yes. It'll be a lot easier. Yes, exactly. I still don't remember all their names, but then I don't remember people's names. I remember their faces. So, Winter's coming. Yes. Winter's coming. <laughs> <laughs> On a little bit different vein, I just was curious. So what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given and by whom? Um, I didn't realize it was the best piece of advice I'd ever been given, Um, but it was when I was a senior in high school, and I was dating a guy, and I was um, enrolled at the University of Washington, and I told him I was going to go to nursing school down there. And he looked at me very curiously, and he said, well, why don't you be a doctor? And... To me, I I was raised in the you know fifties and sixties. I I wasn't. I, in fact, I don't think I'm the first person that went to college in in my family. I don't think I was ever really raised to to think about what you were going to do as your career. After he said that to me, and he, even though I didn't think about it so much at the time, it was something that I remembered afterwards, and it tended to make me not limit myself. Hmm. So. I don't just have to be a nurse. I don't just have to be a speech therapist in a school district. Um, I don't just have to be a member of the legislature. I could want to be the Ways and Means Chair. I could want to be the Speaker. I could want to be the Governor. I don't have to come home after I lose an election and not think that there's something else that I could do that nobody else had ever done before. And continue to give to my community. So, So even though... And he would never know. He would never remember that, probably. But I do. And it was, um, it at, like I said, at the moment, I went and got married when I was 19 and put a first husband through college. So I didn't really get it <laughs> at the moment. But after that, um, it, it was something that always was in the back of my mind. Are you limiting yourself? Are you, are you thinking you can't do something that you could do if you really wanted to. It's, so. a, it's amazing how one question can be that asteroid that kind of knocks your path uh-huh. in a little bit of a different uh, direction, a different uh, way. That One question can do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that was almost 50 years ago. Hmm. So i got to ask a, a, a question about town. Sure. You ready? I'm ready. So it's wonderful to see Waypoint Park coming online, uh, being open for the public this summer. Um, I'm looking for some inside baseball. <laughs> so, so just between uh, you, you, me, and the fence post. what can, NAJ. NAJ, yes. What can we look forward to here in Bellingham in the coming months for this new attraction in town in the Waypoint Park? Well, I think there has been some activity in the planning and permitting office to extend Waypoint Park, including some residences along the Whatcom Waterway. There is some activity to look at the next building after the granary, which will be a mixed-use building in that vicinity. Um, 
the the next the next and we're going to have the roads finished <clears throat> the granary laurel roads finished by um next year so those will be done the the uh port is putting in a temporary parking lot so that people can get somewhere and turn around and when we open the roads and then the next um exciting thing for me is going to be when we looked out at the board mill building which is um in line to be the third building that they they well the fourth counting the granary that they uh they invest in and it's, it's going to be at like a, a a hotel conference center and then western will be on the other side and then the city doesn't really have anything to do with those things except the permitting and the infrastructure stuff that we're already putting in but we've adopted we are adopting a plan that has a green swath through the through the site so that you can get from bay street you know all the way out to Cornwall and so we'll keep working on that and then of course our last big investment is going to be the beach that's at the very end Mm -hmm. where we were wanting to to uh, connect to the south side with the overwater walkway which we are unable to do we Mm -hmm. we will not be able to do that and so what we've been talking about is okay make some lemonade Mm -hmm. and some of the lemonade we can make is just make that trail more interesting put some waypoints there that you can stop and look out, I've seen some really futuristic cantilevered uh, thing that kind of go out over the site. Hmm. So the trail, we could make the trail more interesting and, and attractive, and then we wouldn't have to continue to feel just sad we can't get the overwater walkway because there are a lot of people that had put a lot of effort into that. Yeah. And we're just not going to be able to do it. I think it'll still be an attraction for the town, whether or not you can connect to yeah. the south part of Bell. I mean, Zuwanich and uh, the Bellwether area, those are just, you know, that's just a wonderful way that you may not be able to get to a whole lot of areas around town. Yeah. Uh, as I'm pointing with my finger. Uh, for everybody in Radio Land. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it helped me, though. It, it, <laughs> yes, it's great to hear what's coming up because yeah. I, I, I drive past it uh, often in my morning commute. And I've seen the progress, and I, I've uh, chuckled at the the, the acid ball, as, yeah. as it's described. But <laughs> what a great landmark for this new right. attraction! So, well, the the thing that I that I appreciate is the the developer down there, the port and the city, all agree that the artifacts and the history of that site are important. And I, I'm so happy we got to that position because it wasn't always that way. I think there's stories to tell about a lot of things along the waterfront. One of the things, I have two things written on my board in my office. One has been there since the first year I was mayor, and it's it says Bellis Fair Urban Village. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. And that was, so that was in 2012. And then the second thing that's there is the Bay Walkway. Right. And I have been um, talking to Parks about showing the connection that we are going to have. Some of it's going to be on Rotor Avenue. Some of it's going to be on Cornwall. But we're, we can almost get a walk around the bay. And that's exciting to me because it's you know some urban environment. It's some um, natural environment. It's some um, waterfront environment. It's through the parks and, and different things like when we have the... The other one is the ASB trail that goes right, around right. the... 
what people are talking about, potential mar uh, marina, which I don't think is going to happen, but a potential uh, hatchery or something else there. So um, it's all evolving, but it's, it's really enjoyable and exciting to see things come together. I've been working on the waterfront since 1995. It's a long time. Yeah. And I am so happy. Some people are frustrated because it's not happening faster. I'm happy it's happening. <laughs> so <laughs> I maybe have a little bit more patience. This flies in the face of our need for immediacy in the current yeah. state mm -hmm. of uh, society. So th this is the slow city community development uh, movement, like slow food and other kinds of movements. And like sometimes that. it's better because we've changed as we've learned more about the site, we've changed our plan for the site. We've changed how the roads go. We've changed where the back, actually back to what the city originally was interested in. We've changed where the park flows through the site and different things like that, that if we had hurried out and, and done everything the first year, we wouldn't, it wouldn't have grown into something that was more what we really wanted than what originally we, we planned on. The one thing we haven't changed is we haven't changed uh, the, the acres of access that the public's going to have. Those are committed to. We haven't changed the $60 million that we're talked about putting into phase one. So for, we're protecting our taxpayers from stuff that, from increases in costs that we don't need to have. And so I think the big things we're committed to, but the style points because we are taking our time has have have changed and I think it's made the plan better. So just for the sake of time because I, I want to be respectful of, of your time one of the points that we talk about on the show is I'm a bit of a watch nut. I like old school mechanical <laughs> watches even though we are from the future with our setup. I noticed that you're rocking a Fitbit and I was just curious is that like the one thing you can't live without technology wise? I mean what's... Well probably the one thing I can't live without technology wise is my smartphone. Mm -hmm. Really? That's my computer. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't use a computer. I use my smartphone. I have a lot of support in the city to help me. Uh, my favorite watch is an old fashioned watch. Oh, really? It's a, you know, I can't even remember what the uh, what the what the brand is now. But um, I get very little exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly, I'm sitting, visiting with people, like I am with you right now. <laughs> That's my chair right there. Um, <laughs> So I really like being able to see how much I've moved during the day. And then the other thing this does for me is obviously notifies me if uh, who's calling. So I know that most of the time I don't have to run to the phone. It's not, you know, one of my kids or my granddaughter or my husband or whatever. It's, I can wait so I don't have to leave a meeting. And so I find that helpful. Um, other than that, you know, they have all the other things you can keep track of. Sure. No. And I, for one, uh, applaud your choice of black uh, as a color for that. You're yes. black? I, uh, most, of my, yeah. well, most of my life I'm, I'm the colorful one in this um, <laughs> podcast relationship. One last thing. Do you use social media a lot? Because when I was looking online, I noticed, like, there is a Twitter in your name, but really not much activity. I think, I think it's important to have, for people to have access to me. Right. But we also have, I also have a communications director. Sure. And I use my social media to get information out to people. Yeah. I don't, I mean, unlike the president, I'm not on my Twitter account. At 3 doing it my, <laughs> Well, or just doing it myself, because I have right. other things that I, I believe are more important. But I find it very useful to have that way people can 
come to me and I can mm. go to them with Facebook and that kind of thing. So I put things on on myself when I think something is important and I want to share it with people. And obviously people contact the, the city website, my Facebook account at the city and all that. And so we get information back. But do I sit myself and do it? I am sorry, public. I'm admitting I don't. No, that's great. That's all right that, with us. That's totally all right with us. Is it? We've yeah. Only, we've only talked about maybe 45 of our 90s <laughs> or, you know, 100 episodes, yeah. how we are uh, trying to balance social media in our lives and not let it take over. Uh, well, I certainly feel that way, especially when I look at my, you know, my granddaughters that are mm. 20 and 15, and I have a grandson that's going to be one this month, so he's not on, he's not on, but he loves the phone right, anyway. Right, right. And and yet that's the way I contact my granddaughter who's at school in Florida, and and just my granddaughter who's at Squalicum. I know that if I text them, I don't use all the new fancy ones that they use, but if I text them that. I can get a response, whereas if I call them or, you know, wait for them to come over or whatever, I might not. And it's something that they'll use in communicating with me. So I appreciate that. Mayor Kelly, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you very, very much for inviting me. And anytime you want me to talk about Bellingham, you just come right on back because I will. <laughs> very good. Thank you. And there you have it. Wasn't that awesome, ladies and gentlemen? That was great. I, I can't believe the mayor. You even said it like some 100. Oh, actually, episode 90. three. Did you look it up? I think I did. Yeah. Episode either two or three. I go. I made just an offhanded comment. Wouldn't it be great if uh, the mayor was on our show because, <laughs> because you know, she needs to be on the show. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, our, our big thanks to Mayor Kelly Linville and the mayor's office for being so welcoming and accommodating for us. Uh, as AJ Barsay says on a regular occasion. You're the goods. Yes, I I concur. So anyway, and also as we wrap up the show, uh, just want to, you know, you know, if you're following us on your podcast, Weapon of Choice, you already know where we're coming from. But we just want to thank you so much for being along uh, in the journey. This has been a whole lot of fun for 100 episodes. AJ, here's to you. Uh, since you can't see us uh, clinging glasses uh, in cheers. Yes, that's it. Uh, and for the next 100, stay tuned for a whole lot more fun and uh, information and a lot of uh, sharing. So let's wrap it up. Yeah, it wraps it up for this 100th edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you again so much. I'm not even going to even do it. Just thank you again so much for listening to Chris and I for 100 episodes. And we genuinely do appreciate everyone who listens and subscribes. You can find us wherever you'd like. Uh, SoundCloud, Spreaker, iTunes, Google, Spotify. Name it. We're on there. Yeah, we're we're, on we're there. taking over. Even KMRE 102.3 FM. Low power. And big thanks to them for hosting us on their terrestrial radio station twice a week. My goodness, that's just such a blessing. Anyway. On that note, as I've said, I don't know how many episodes from the city by the Salish Sea, I am AJ Barsay. And from 98226, I am Chris Powell. We'll see you on episode 101 coming soon. Can I just say mic drop? I think you just did. <laughs>